Greetings, cinephiles. Are you looking for a movie analysis podcast that stands above the rest? Then look no further than Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters. We analyze good movies, we analyze bad movies, and yes, we also analyze the in-betweens of the world of cinema. So if you like what you hear, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. And yes, my friends, we are 420 friendly. So when you listen to us, smoke smoke it it if you've got got it. it. And now... Here's a new episode of Collateral Gaming. The show starts right now. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Zachary Gio. And this is Collateral Gaming. Welcome to Collateral Gaming, the only video game podcast that matters, where we focus on good games, bad games, and everything else in between in the world of gaming. We are podcasting straight from the United States, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. Hell Um, yeah, brother. Hell yeah. Zach, I'm so stoked to finally talk this game with you. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> as soon as it came out, we were kind of going stir-crazy. I think you got to play it a couple of hours before I did. I, I think so, but you uh, you beat it well before I did. You 100 percent it and <laughs> platinumed it before I did. Platinumed it in like six days, dude. It's crazy. I, I had uh, Robert over, so I was trying not to hog the TV the whole time and do nothing but play Spider-Man 2. Otherwise, yeah, I would have been right there with everybody else platinuming it in like a week or less. Yeah, it was it was hard to stop once you got started. Yes, honestly, one hundred percent. But uh, I will say, I uh, I did get through it fairly quickly. I, I I think no more than a month, if that, probably a few weeks uh, before I you know, and and I think I, I I've only played this game for I think it was like fourteen hours. Before I, I I did pretty much everything there is to do, like or eighteen hours, I think like eighteen hours, I think is what it took me to one hundred percent and platinum this game. Yeah, absolutely. It, it I think altogether it took me like twenty seven hours, but from the time it came out on October twentieth and the time I actually got home from work because I couldn't play it once I got home from work, or I couldn't play it until I got home from work. Sorry. Um, it, I just played nonstop when I got home. And, you know, my wife, because she's my wife now, which is crazy. I yeah, know. my wife actually sat there and watched me play through the entire game. So it was it was a journey. It was definitely something that was very enjoyable. Um, I'm kind of sad that it didn't last a little bit longer. But honestly, that's kind of my fault because I just kind of barreled through it. And I know you guys did your first impressions, you and uh, Robert recorded, but the game was just incredible to me. I loved every second of it. I never, my opinion of the game hasn't dwindled and it's been over a month, over two, almost two months now since its release. I just, I loved every second of it. That's a good point. You do flip on games quite a bit and you're yep. still in love with this game. So that says something. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I, just the level of quality and detail that Insomniac put into this game, as well as you know, there are some video game companies that make you wait like a really long time for games that shouldn't 
necessarily have that kind of waiting period. Like Tears of the Kingdom, I don't think should have. I, I I seriously don't think it should have had a six year waiting period. Not for what we had. Um, but Insomniac gave us basically a brand new way to play the game. They gave us a brand new, beautifully crafted story. They gave us two whole new areas. Well, I'm actually describing Tears of the Kingdom because <laughs> they gave us two brand new uh, areas to explore as well. Um, as well as just more features, more movement, more actions. It was just, it was well worth the wait. And I'm very glad that I got to experience it. Hell yeah, brother. I mean, I'm going to say in terms of gameplay, like combat, stealth, general gameplay. And I said this in part one, it, it, it does play it a little safe. There's nothing like groundbreaking or innovative, but I'm going to say the same thing I said about God of War Ragnarok, which was the same way. While it may not be adding a whole lot to the core gameplay, it doesn't need to when the last one was so good. It's only been a few years. So what's re- what you really want out of a sequel, out of a first sequel to something is more of the same thing and just a little bit better. And Spider-Man 2 delivers on that. And I, I think it does manage to be better than its predecessors. Um, I think the, the, the chief gimmick, of course, is the fact that you get to play as both Spider-Man, or sorry, as bo- both Spider-Men, as both Peter and Miles, um, something we did talk about in the previous episode. But, I mean, for you, Zach, how did you feel the balance was between these characters, uh, and, and how fun was it for you to play each? Um... All right, so out of all honesty, I think the balance between the two of them was a little bit more leaning towards Miles. Um, It was really fun playing as both characters, but I think they kind of made Miles a little overpowered just because I guess they were kind of getting ready to hand the reins to him as the main spider. But it didn't detract away or it didn't take away from my uh, enjoyment of the game. Playing as Peter, you know, Peter's still extremely intelligent. And the way he fights, you can tell that he uses every single inch of his brain to take care of his problems. And Miles is still a little bit young. You know, he's much more experienced because at this point in the story, we've gotten, you know, his experiences in Miles Morales and uh, everything that happened with Finn. But realistically, I think that the game just kind of made him dominant, you know? So I I enjoyed both, but I think Miles was the focus of the story for me. Yeah, okay. That's very valid. I think that they're... I mean, I'm going to agree with you as far as, like, combat goes and stealth, to be honest. I mean... Yeah. In both areas, Miles is is just significantly better. Once you get, especially once you unlock the late game abilities, like the Mega Venom Blast, uh, uh, recharging your abilities and um, instantly replenishing three finisher bars, that just kills it. Like that's OP as fuck, dude. It's OP as shit. Because basically, you're you're gonna you have like three finishers. Use all of your abil- plus use all of your abilities. Mega Blast, which is enough to kill most you know, small groups of enemies by itself. And then you have three yeah. more finishers. You've essentially got six finishers and and rotate through, you know, four to eight abilities. And, you know, it, it, it's fucking crazy. And and once you've unlocked every upgrade, but both Spider-Men end up feeling overpowered as fuck. Uh, just Miles yep. even more so. And also Miles has the edge with, you know, having the camouflage abilities. You know, I really thought that uh, I know I said this in part one, and I know I've said this to you before, but I really thought that they'd give Peter uh, a cloaking tech. Like I feel like they were teasing it with like in the first game he had cloaking tech. 
Craven's hunters had cloaking tech. I was like, oh, so maybe Peter can like build his own version of the camouflage. But I was I was kind of hanging on to the idea that they were going to kind of create a balance between both characters. Like Miles has cloaking, but Pete has like just t- sheer technology or smarts. You know, Miles has bioelectricity. Pete has. You know, I was thinking that they were going to do hand hand in hand, like each character has their own specific type of thing. But realistically, like Miles was just overpowered as shit. And it was it was fun playing as him. But after a while, it kind of felt one sided. Like I was focused on play. I enjoyed playing as Miles more because he's he's meant in the game to be the stronger spider. So I was thinking that they were going to balance the two, which it didn't take away my enjoyment of the game, but I, I thought that they would balance the two characters out a lot better. Well, and, and I think that that's strictly for me, that's in, and that's, that's in regard to just how powerful Miles in combat, especially with just, I mean, it's really just a few almost broken abilities. Um, but yeah. uh, as far as like the skill trees go, uh, the focus the story had on each character, uh, I did feel like they did a good job balancing both of them. Uh, and I did feel like neither Spider-Man was more or less important. It was whenever you get to, I think, kind of the late game where you really get some of those those game-breaking abilities and Miles just shines up, up and above on top of having the stealth advantage obviously but either way i mean i know they're setting miles up as the new spider-man of this universe as the primary spider-man from this universe moving on um and in this episode we can actually get into the spoilers in that uh and and what the implications of that are because i think one, one of the big plot points that peter is going through actually throughout the story is essentially realizing that it might be time to retire i mean he's but he did this thing solo for eight years does new york need two spider-man full time yeah at this at this point in the store in the spider-man timeline of this timeline he's been spider-man for 10 years at this point because it's been two years since the events of devil's breath and all of that stuff may's death and all that i think it's been two years has it been two years i I think so but he he was eight years by himself two years with miles you know and it's been yeah i want to i think you're right um but yeah, I mean, and that's one of the questions that Peter raises, especially whenever Harry invites him as the uh, co-founder of uh, the Emily May Foundation. Yeah. I think that that was a really, really cool addition to the game, showing like Harry basically coming in clutch for Pete, like giving him a way to kind of hang up the hang up the cowl, so to speak. Um, but yeah, you're right. When they kind of introduced the Emily May Foundation, my first thought process was Pete's going to retire or something's going to happen to where either something bad's going to happen with Harry, which I feel like we kind of already knew that going into this game, but that's for later on in the discussion. Or, you know, Pete's finally going to have a career that he can rest his head on. And it was kind of a little bit of both, if if we're being honest. Um but, you know, it, it it definitely threw me for a loop. I was very surprised with where the story went. Yeah. Um, they did a good job with that because uh, sometimes games like that kind of follow a very predictable path. And this game did a very good job of taking you by surprise, even though you kind of went into it with certain expectations. It kind of threw you for a loop. And it did at the times. Addition, yeah. And the addition of a specific character that I'm sure we will talk about just went crazy bro i i thought that he was going to be a very minimal character just tell me who you're talking but, about because i don't dude, bro craven 
Craven, yeah. The addition of Craven in this game is insane. Like his his whole stance is he's dying, bro. Yeah. And he comes to New York because he wants to be hunted. It's Craven's last hunt. That's that's the storyline they're adapting. It's the final hunt. Yeah. It's insane, man. And I thoroughly enjoyed every single bit of it. Yeah, that that actually is a comic book storyline. The whole like Craven's dying thing, and he wants like somebody to finish him off. Um, that's Craven's Absolutely. last hunt, uh, which is really cool to see that it get adapted. I mean, this ahead of the Aaron Taylor Johnson performance, uh, and uh, I don't know. I feel like I kind of feel bad for that almost because it has to compete with this. I'm gonna be <laughs> honest, man. I don't think I'm realistically looking forward to that movie. Oh, I hope either. I'm pleasantly it's surprised, but. <laughs> It looks like it's going to be absolute ass. At the very least, like, they can't really cast Tom Hardy as Kraven um, because they've already cast him as Venom, at least in the Sony-verse. But, I mean, come on, dude. It would have been a better Kraven. The, the Aaron Taylor Johnson's not a big guy. Like, that's that's what's weird. Like, Craven's supposed to be this big, hulking figure, and he is in this game from the moment of his introduction. Um, which Bro. I was one of the the gameplay tip clips they they showed early on of this game, but it's where he's hunting one of his hunters, I think. I and think he's just hunting like not an adversary, but an acquaintance that thinks he can challenge Craven. And I think it's game... one of his hunters that challenged him because some of the hunters talk about doing that. Um, and 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 so like he's taking him on, and you know it's either you know you win or you don't, and. He didn't. <laughs> he did. He most certainly did not. What was his name? Sergey. I think it was. Unless, unless Sergey. Um. Yeah, I, I wouldn't remember. Uh, in this game, they made uh, Craven the brother of uh, the chameleon, which was interesting. Yeah, which I don't know too much about that storyline, if I'm being honest. But I thought that that was. Oh, that, like that's in the cool comics as touch well. Of story. I just looked oh, it up. Oh, cool. <laughs> okay. I thought it was a cool little touch of story. For those listening, um, I'm actually playing uh, the new Call of Duty while we're talking. And it's cool because playing Call of Duty actually fuels my conversational abilities. My wife doesn't agree, but we've uh, never done a podcast while me play, while I'm playing a game. So, Craven is actually Sergey. Craven is Sergey. Craven is Sergey. I don't remember what the other dude's name is. I, they, I think they name dropped him and then fucked out of there. But yeah, from the moment Craven comes onto the scene, um, he is just an absolute threat. More than anything than that Spider Man has faced before, that either Spider Man has faced before. I mean, this is a guy oh, that dude. took down four villains, four Spider Man villains off screen three off screen and one on screen <laughs> oh yeah dude he literally broke off scorpion's tail and killed him with it like that's one of the most intense things i've ever seen that the whole storyline of craven just introducing himself to new york was was beyond me because i loved the whole idea of him taking like the most difficult villains that peter parker has faced and just owning them with ease for real. And it's interesting the way that he does it is he's, it's not just like a brute strength kind of thing. No, Craven actually researches his victims. He exploits their weaknesses. He learns everything there is to know about them and, and finds ways in order to, to, to hunt. I mean, this is going to be, even though he wants to be killed and that's his goal, he wants it to be fair. He wants it with all of the knowledge and experience that he's had. Yep. 
and, and all of his full power, you know, he wants, he wants to genuinely lose. He wants to take an L, but give his all. He wants somebody to be better than him. And that's what he wants in his final hunt. He wants to find somebody that can essentially carry on his legacy. Yes. Even if it's not with the same malicious intent, he wants to be just absolutely bested by somebody because I guess he's gotten bored with his life. They never really explain why, other than the fact that he's dying and he wants to have like a memorable hunt. That's, I guess that's one very, very tiny gripe that I have with the story. They never really explain why exactly Craven wants to be bested. Yeah, you know? I, and I imagine that that part of Craven's psychology has been explored. I mean, I know that he and his hunters are just crazy about the idea of, of the, the hunt, the, the challenge in and of itself. Oh, yeah. And, and so Wouldn't he, you be if you were part of that group? That'd be insane. But it, it's like that dude that you encounter in Skyrim who uh, who asks you to fight him in battle, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Although he's not a challenge. <laughs> well, I haven't gotten to that part yet, but that's not a spoiler because that game's been out for like 2,500 years. Well, that and I've played like, I don't know, 20 hours, if that, of the game total. And that's and that was that's at the very beginning, I think, that you can come across that character. But um, but, I but anyway, because I haven't yet. <laughs> yeah, you must, I, I don't know. It it uh, must have missed it or maybe, you know. <laughs> Maybe I'm just bad at video games. Maybe maybe that's the answer. I don't I don't think that's the answer. I've seen you game, bro. I've gamed with you. Uh, but well, uh, I mean, first person shooters don't really count. But I, I I do because first person shooters are hard as shit to me still. I mean, you just, for me, like I got used to the whole aspect of using a mouse and keyboard. So it's just point and click at this point. So, but neat. Regardless, you know, I think Craven is a very, very interesting character simply because he is a behemoth of a human being. Like, I wonder if he, like, had or took drugs or anything like that, if there was any sort of, like, unnatural way for him to gain his strength. What do you think about that? Because it doesn't seem to me like he has any sort of, like, performance-enhancing drug or anything like that. It just seems like he's all-natural. And he was literally able to just single-handedly kill. No, there's a it, serum four? in the game, and and I there's just a serum. I just replayed it, so I remember. Um, uh, yeah, there there's a serum that you find in his apartment. Um, well, Peter isn't really sure what it is. He was like, "Is this a potion? Is this what gives uh, uh, Craven his strength?" And and you know, the, I think it just kind of leaves it off after that. So, um, I. I guess in some ways the game was just kind of hoping that its audience might be at least a little familiar with Craven's story and who he is as a character. I'm I'm very very uh like very very basic information. I mean, I saw him in uh Spectacular Spider-Man and shit, but I don't know a whole lot about the Craven character. Even so, I didn't feel too lost of anything. It just, you know, it does seem like a missed opportunity. I I see what you mean to not delve into more of his backstory. You know, you're kind of like his first story is his last hunt in this case. And, um, yeah, I think it'd be cool if insomniac gave us a DLC to explore his past a little bit. Um, just because I mean, for him to die at the hands of, you know, Harry Osborne in the symbiote, that's a pretty gruesome way to go out. And honestly, there's no other villain that could have taken him out with the way he was in this game. And it was, 
incredible to bear witness to. So I'd like some backstory on him. I think Insomniac could give us a pretty kick-ass DLC for that. Yeah. What do you I, think? I, dude, I'd be down for it. I'd be down to to explore more of, of, of Craven's backstory that way. That would be perfect. Or, or maybe there'll be a tie-in comic or something. Um, I, I Yeah, I'd like, just like to see a little bit more because, I mean, yeah, the character is dead. We're not going to see him in the next game in Spider-Man 3. Um, he, 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 no, his head got bitten off by venom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. That the, shit was crazy, bro. What's funny is when Peter and Miles encounter Craven early in the game, I mean, they're just no match. Even Peter at, you know, full power is just, you know, almost powerless against Craven. Uh, Harry struggles with him when he gets the symbiote suit. Uh, but, uh, then, you know, Peter, oh, dude, that's one of my favorite sequences of lines in the game when Harry's like, I'll kill you. And he's like, do it then. That's <laughs> just so good, bro. Oh, more on that later, by the way, about Harry being, Venom. oh yeah, but absolutely. Um, you know, with Craven anyway, uh, yeah, it, the Peter gets the symbiote suit and that's actually when, when the symbiote suit gets onto Peter, that's when Craven, uh, realizes that this is it. This is the one that's going to take me out. Uh, and at up to this point, he had actually ignored Spider-Man, which was interesting because he goes after Spider-Man's villains who Spider-Man has beaten, but evidently mm-hmm. has no interest in Spider-Man himself. I was kind of, int- well, it might've been because he knew that Spider-Man doesn't kill. So uh, maybe, I mean, that's a, that's actually a really good thought process. Um, he, he just maybe respected Spider-Man too, and just didn't, didn't want to get involved. But also, when he does finally get involved, Craven actually, he legitimately kills Peter. And one of the things that he says that sticks out to me, he goes, not as venomous as they say. Yeah. Which leads me to believe that Craven has studied Pete and he has like taken an interest in the possibility that Pete could be the one, but ultimately came to the conclusion that it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. I think you're right. And I think it's one of those things that's like, you know, maybe he might have even been kind of like, hey, I'm going after your villains. Like, you know, try me, bro. You know, I wonder if maybe there wasn't sort of kind of like a lure idea there to try to see if Spider-Man would 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 be become, you know, the power that he needs to. And then he gets the suit and he does, actually. And and that's when Craven, you know, shifts tactics. I think from before that point, he was focusing on the lizard, actually. But when when we get mm-hmm. the symbiote suit, it, it's it's symbiote Peter, and that's a version of Spider-Man that might actually kill. In fact, he almost does. He does best Craven, and if not for Miles kicking his ass back straight, Peter would have done that. So yep, absolutely. To because be fair, all you could hear towards the end of that fight was kill. Kill. The symbiote was just consuming Peter. And I think that Insomniac also just does an amazing job of just bringing that symbiote personality and Pete to life. And honestly, Yuri Lewinthal was robbed at the Game Awards, bro. He definitely deserved that voice actor award. I'll stand by that. No. How did Spider Man win actually no awards? I mean, at, at least Yuri should have won best performance for the symbiote arc because I haven't seen it done better yet. I mean, I'll be. I'll be honest, man. I don't think that there was just enough for Spider-Man 2 to take it. It was a very, very short game. I think if they had added like a couple more hours to the story or some more dialogue, then Yuri would have taken it because his performance as Peter Parker was just unmatched. I never played Baldur's Gate 3. I took a look at it and I just had no interest in that kind of 
turn-based RPG genre type thing. And I could be wrong about the, the gameplay. I just took no interest in it. But there was so much content in that game, and the voice actor apparently put in just as much effort, if not more, than Yuri. And he definitely deserved it. Baldur's Gate 3 definitely deserved Game of the Year. I'm just a Spider-Man and Legend of Zelda fanboy. Although you know where I stand on Tears of the Kingdom, so like, yeah. I'm not surprised that it didn't win Game of the Year. Did win it? Did it? Did win Best Action Adventure? I think it's appropriate that Spider that that Zelda at least won one award. I mean, it's, it's oh, yeah. a new mainline Zelda. Um, for me, well, I would have, I would have, I would have. Zelda would have been my Game of the Year. Actually, I think the only thing holding Spider Man Two back was the fact that it's it's so short. Um, and and when we get into the final thoughts, I think I'll have a lot more to say about that. But. But I didn't expect it to win Game of the Year. I did expect it to win something, though. That that's actually I, what blew my mind. <laughs> I couldn't actually hold a hold a genuine expectation because I wanted Zelda to be my Game of the Year, but it was just too Breath of the Wildy for me to really hold on to that hope. I enjoyed it playing through it the first time, but until I get a new computer, I won't play through it again because I'll. I'll emulate the game, and we'll probably do a, a Let's Play on this, Ash, but I probably won't play the game again until I can emulate it in 4K, like 20, 2140p, or like 120 FPS. Nintendo fans doing what Nintendo won't. <laughs> exactly, bro. Well, the thing is, I think this new console, and we're getting a little bit off track here, but I mean, Spider-Man 2 is short, so our discussion about it can also be. But... <laughs> But I think Nintendo is doing the right thing with finally give us, giving us a console with decent power. Like, we're looking at, like, low-end PS5 power for this new console, and that's exciting. So, yeah. 100%. I'm sorry. Con- so, continue about Spider-Man 2. I apologize. I think I think I was it should still, have won something. I think I was still on uh, a ten- I think I was still on the uh, Craven, and then we got on a tangent about Peter and the symbiote stuff, and I really want to talk about that because that that that's some really good stuff. I mean, this is where Peter actually comes in, and he when he meets Craven for the second time, it's a very different, uh, mm-hmm. it's a very different experience, uh, but. Craven does notice the one weakness that that the symbiote has, which is sound, uh, during that meeting. So, uh, but even with that, even with that advantage, Peter bests him. Uh, is is ready to 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 kill him actually because you know mm-hmm. the the voices in the the suit are talking to him, and uh, then Miles comes in and, like we predicted, kicks his ass, makes him straight. And and that's an awesome moment. It is. And also, mind you, Miles was able to to best Peter in the symbiote suit. So now he had some advantages, and he also had. And at the end of the day, I don't think he was actually quite able to beat him with raw physical strength. I think he had to appeal to his emotional side. But yeah. you could see that both Spider Men were at least equally matched during that fight it's incredible and and you know absolutely to go further miles would have had to have been ready to kill peter you know and and that's you know that's the line that the spider-man don't cross and that's what he's trying to 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 tell him you know and 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 they're able to communicate that so peter takes the the suit off it gets onto harry of all people, the Insomniac said it wasn't going to be Eddie Brock. It was pretty obvious it was going to be Harry. Yeah, they they would have introduced Eddie Brock way earlier on, like in the first game. 
it makes sense not to use Eddie Brock because an insomniac, you know, gave us their reasons for that was that they wanted to, you know, properly introduce Venom as a character that has some kind of emotional attachment to Peter. And, you know, Eddie, we have one reference to. Uh, if you look, I think at one of the backpacks, there's a there's a card, and Eddie Brock's name is on it. I'm I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah. Um. And yeah. and and so he exists in the universe, but yeah. And they, Insomniac were straightforward about that from the beginning. He's not a Venom, and I'm glad that they didn't use a character that that didn't have the background we needed. Now we didn't see Harry in Spider-Man One, but we did get uh, a lot of insight into his relationship with. Peter Parker. Well, technically, we did see him, and we did hear him. In fact, so it's a character that we yeah. had some getting used to. That we understood um, his personality. We understood more than more. More importantly, his connection with Peter, and so that's why it works. And the game also does a good job of 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 really bringing that relationship in and and and, sh- and showing that to the player as soon as they meet up. Absolutely. Like they really just popped Harry in at the beginning of the second game and gave us enough backstory and lore to make us not only fall in love with Harry, but feel emotional turmoil when we were bearing witness to the events of the story. Like Insomniac, I think Insomniac and Santa Monica are the two best storytellers in video game creation. Oh, absolutely. And I, I stand by that statement. I think that Harry is a very, very strong and prominent character when he basically came out of left field. The only thing we heard from him in the first game was the very end when Norman puts his hand on the container and you see the symbiote. Yeah. And I just, I really liked that because we knew from that cutscene that we were going to, A, get Harry. And I think that was the moment that told us that Harry was going to be Venom. But we had to kind of like speculate and deduce and all that stuff. But it also just kind of set the set the bar for incredible storytelling. And Insomniac did not disappoint. No, they didn't. Uh, yeah, Harry and Peter's relationship at this game is 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 actually fantastic. Their their chemistry is is genuine. Um, right from the moment that Harry's on set, you know, you you feel the the bond between him, MJ, and Harry. You know, and and absolutely, MJ like, scream when she walks out of the house and sees Harry for the first time. <laughs> you know, and and you just get a feeling for these characters that which we we heard about them being close, but now we get to see it. And then you know, Harry and and Pete actually go to Midtown High School, and you get to play through a little bit of a flashback segment uh, where we get to see a younger Peter, voiced still by Yuri Lewinthal, doing his best fifteen-year-old uh, impression. Bless him, <laughs> baby, baby Yuri. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, but that whole segment made me think of Baby Yoshi. I don't know why, but he, Baby Yoshi, was in my head the entire time just because of Baby Yuri, and I just. I I don't know why, but continue. I'm sorry. You're good. Um, yeah, so we, we get this segment, and we get to kind of just see, like, the mischief that they got to together. And I'm glad that, that Insomniac takes time to slow down and have you just pedaling along the bike alongside Harry, going to Coney Island with him and MJ, and, and playing all of the, the games. I mean, did, did you play all the games and get the prize? Every single one. <laughs> Me too. Every single one, brother. And, and it's so funny. Sometimes you, you have to sit back and be like, wait, I'm playing a Spider-Man game, but I'm piloting bee drones or I'm playing as a, 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 a deaf black girl graffitiing a wall, you know? That was a very, very interesting mission, but I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it I either. Did- I, I, I was having fun still. I'm glad that they spend moments to kind of slow down 
and do some other things. And, and I think that's important because one of my compliments about this series is how well they balance the superhero identity and, and the alter ego identity. And, and we're, st- we're still going off on tangents. I still haven't completed a full thought process well, here. I think, I think that's what, I think that's what we're supposed to be doing here because I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a structured thing. Spider-Man two at this point is something that anybody who's really interested in it, they've already experienced it. So realistically, they're probably listening just to hear our opinions on the game. And you know what? That's okay with me because my opinion is that it's one of the best games I've ever played. It's definitely one of the best stories I've ever experienced. 100%. I mean, I, I've, I've gone on record saying that uh, Insomniac Spider-Man is my favorite version of the, the hero, uh, hands Absolutely. down. And, and that continues to be true. And I even imp- appreciated Miles a hell of a lot more, who we haven't talked a whole lot about, and we will. Um, yeah. I felt like Najee Jeter's performance significantly improved, actually, from, from the last game. Uh, and, and Yuri, like I said, I mean, just the whole, like, the symbiote thing, the that whole story arc, everything that he goes through, God, that man deserved an award. <laughs> I'm not saying that he the really guy from did. Baldur's Gate didn't. It, it, it's it's really a, it, you know, 2023 is a tough year for gaming because there's been so many fucking good games this year. Yeah, it was a very stiff competition. For real. So Harry and and Pete have this this really well written relationship. We finally we get to see this brotherly bond. Harry starts getting symbiote powers, and and um, you know the suit starts actually mimicking Peter a little bit as he comes into contact. You can tell the suit's trying to get onto Peter because it sees his powers and it wants it. Yep. But uh, Harry becomes they become Spider Bros for a little while. He'll even pop up in missions like Yuri or Miles do during that part of the game. Fantastic addition to the game, by the way. Randomly being able to run into other Spider-Men when solving crimes and stuff like that. And if they pop up out of nowhere, you know, you can perform finishers that you'll both be a part of. It's a, it's a really, really heartwarming experience. It's awesome. And you can do the pointing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Plus, like, the way that the characters and their, like, I guess NPC interactions. I guess that would be a good name for them. The way that they adapt with the evolution of the story, I love that. It's not yeah. just forced to be the same simply because it's a mechanic that Insomniac put into the game, you know? 
Right. No, I'm, no. It, it's, yeah, this this whole game is, is a quality experience. And I say that even with all the little bugs and glitches. Yes, I had to reload the game a couple times. But I'll tell you what, the game reloads so quickly, I didn't really mind. <laughs> yeah, and we the rest can of the talk about that fast travel if you want, dude, because that shit's ridiculous, bro. And we should, but um, want to complete this thought, I'm on. Anyway. What did um, you call me? <laughs> uh so anyway, uh, the suit comes off Peter. Harry, at this point, desperate and whose medical condition necessitates the use of the suit. And, you know, they've been trying to find a way to get the suit off Peter. Peter finds out it's dangerous, you know, and, it, and wants to destroy it after talking to Dr. Connors. And, you know, uh, Harry kind of, it, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like Morbius, I guess. It's actually the same thing in Morbius. I hate that I made that comparison, but... Yeah, Morbius is ass. I need you to never say that again. <laughs> it's whenever uh, Jared Leto comes to Matt Smith and, you know, he's like, nah, I can't give this to you because it's too dangerous. And he's like, wait, well, you don't care about me? Don't you want me to not die? Okay, I'm sorry. That That's probably yeah. just a trope <laughs> that both of them Honestly, I, I thought that I thought that Insomniac kind of plugged something in there from Morbius, but hey, it's okay. Anywho, um, needless to say, the suit uh, does manage to get onto Harry, and uh, now he's pissed. And, the, and I think a key aspect of Venom's character is that on both a civilian level and, and the superhero level, um, they have a, an issue with with Spider-Man. With, with, they have an issue with both Spider-Man and Peter. I think that's integral to the Venom character. And in this case, it's it's it, it extremely personal for Harry. So he the symbiote just transforms him, and we see what it does to characters in this game. Um, and then you get to play as Venom. One of the craziest parts of the game. Argue. You get to fucking play as Venom. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, honestly, I wish they had kind of given us a section to just free roam as Harry. That was, that just, it was so crazy. The fluidity of his movement. You know, there was actually somebody online that uh, found a glitch that they, you could like run up a skyscraper and play as Venom. Yeah, I've seen like it. Like free roam. It's pretty dope. And I wish they had given that to us, you know? I, you know, they're, Insomniac was kind of coy about it, but they said that they weren't opposed, you know, their ideas. You know, it's it's a thing that could happen for us to get some sort of Venom spinoff. I don't know how it would work in the story because the Venom symbiote is gone. But I think some people mentioned that there's a piece of his tongue that was cut off by Craven, and and so they could go somewhere with that. I don't know. There's a hive mind, and there's still symbiotes around. So you I know. was about to say you you have you still have Cletus Cassidy, where we will get some DLC off of that. And what was that? What was that whole sideline bug? Flame, the cultists, the flame, yeah, dude, that that was a cool little side line, and you finally side storyline, and you finally get to see like Insomniac's version of Cletus Cassidy, which honestly, once they introduced Venom, I knew we were gonna get some form of carnage in yeah. this game. Right, and then Ash and spoils it for me. <laughs> <laughs> you made me thought that you had already gotten through that part of the game because you asked. That me. is true. That is true. I did. I did let Ash gaslight me into believing that I had already. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Ash is out here just straight up gaslighting me. That's right. That's what we do on collateral gaming. We We gaslight gaslight our boys. Yeah. 
You're crazy. You didn't do that. This has you're, always you're been not. a good podcast. It's always been perfect, and there's never been any issues. Facts. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? You're crazy if you think otherwise. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you get to play as Venom, and then Venom bites Craven's fucking head off. Yeah, that's that to me, that's Insomniac's way of saying, hey, we're working on a Wolverine game. Check it out. This shit's going to be violent. Well, and all the villains that they killed. They killed uh, the Scorpion, which we saw. They killed Kraven in the same game they introduced him. Um, as far as we know, the, the Venom symbiote itself is dead. Uh, they also killed off-screen the Shocker, the uh, Electro, and Vulture. Although, and Vulture yep. was already dying of cancer, so same as Kraven. <laughs> Honestly, I think that it's good that they... Uh killed off those villains just because they kind of outlived their usefulness in the first game. So well, they had like continued to try to bring them back on certain like returning villain tropes. I don't think it would have worked as well. So I'm glad that they went that route too. I you know and me too because you know especially with Miles moving forward being the primary Spider-Man of this universe, uh I think that that's that that that's actually really important. Um and for him to have his own rogues gallery. And one thing I noticed. Absolutely. Ab- like the spot. Yes. <laughs> the spot. But one thing I noticed about Miles Morales game was that it didn't rely on any of Peter Parker's existing villains from, from either from the mm-hmm. last game or from his history. So it, that was a game that relied 100% on Miles's own, you know, new well, antagonist no, forces. The Rhino was in it. I know. Yeah. The Rhino. But that's they only gave us like a small glimpse of that. And they did that solely because Rhino kind of kicks Pete's ass at the beginning of the game. And it was just kind of showing that Miles can be strong on his own. Technically speaking, Miles has encountered Rhino before, too. So it's it's not uh, completely. And and, and when I say, you know, I don't mean that there's no Peter Parker villains. But what I mean mean to say is the focus was not on them. I think it was. In a game like that, you would want to at least have one character from the past to kind Absolutely. of support the new villains. But anyway, that was something I noticed. So moving forward, I'm glad to hear that we're basically eliminating the competition. We're, I think moving forward, Insomniac's going to focus. We'll bring some villains from the past or some villains maybe we've teased about. But for the most part, you know, everything coming forward is going to be, I think, new or, or you know, parts of the comics that may have not have been explored in, in media before get to experience yeah. some of miles's you know own rogue gallery and i'm excited to see that um which is which is good because it allows for insomniac to com- continue building on future stories because recycling gets old after a while and we see a lot of companies do that yeah. activision sorry sorry i got something stuck in my throat Mysterio seemingly goes straight in this game, so he's kind of cut off as a villain. They do tease the chameleon. I think he's going to come back. They te- tease Carnage. I think, if anything, we'll probably see him in DLC for this game. I hope so. I mean, it's taken them long enough to give us New Game Plus. Obviously, they're setting out. up the Green Goblin. Certainly hope so. And, be fire. And, and Otto is coming back, too, to be fair. I mean, some form of fashion. I don't think we'll see Otto until the next mainline game with both spiders, um, which I'm guessing Superior Spider-Man, which would be dope. I, I'm c- calling it now. You know, what they'll do is 
the focus will still be on Miles, but you'll still be able to play as Peter in the next one, but you'll play a significant part of the story as Otto Peter. Otto Peter. <laughs> Sounds like automatic penis. Right? <laughs> Otto Peter! Otto activate! Peter. Um, Sounds very rapey. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sounds incredibly rapey. Oh, Lord. You're not wrong, and now I feel worse for saying it. Thanks. Don't Don't feel worse. Feel better. Feel like you've accomplished something, Ash. Accomplishing also, things on collateral gaming. Accomplishing things with your auto Peter. But <laughs> yeah, with your auto Peter. <laughs> so we've talked about the story. We've talked about um Craven, about Venom, about Peter. We've talked about the Rogues Gallery, but uh I feel like we haven't mentioned a, a lot of gameplay on this episode oh we just gotta save the best for last because that's the best part of this whole fucking game is the gameplay yeah so i mean i I know i said earlier that this game mostly is 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 is, uh builds on the the principles of the last game and that's not actually a bad thing for a sequel it's a good place for a sequel to be you can work on well-established mechanics and do them even better but what does spider-man 2 bring that's new to the table i mean oh dude yeah go ahead you you got first and foremost, you've got switching between Miles and Peter at any given second with the power of the PlayStation 5, the transition periods between like fast travels and switching between Spider-Man. It's faster than ever. And honestly, I'm kind of amazed at how smooth and seamless they were able to make it. You've got um oh gosh, you've got web wings, which allow you to glide around the city of New York, creating some of the most fast an agile movement in an action-adventure game to date, which allows for simple traversal to just be the most fun aspect of a video game, which is awesome. I think that if you're going to spend a majority of a game just moving around the map, make it badass. Make it fun. Give the players challenges that make moving around the map more enjoyable. Like, there's literally a, a trophy that I struggled with, but Ash didn't, about using your web wings nonstop. Yeah. And getting from, I think, the financial district to Astoria. But that's beside the point. The web wings create a feeling of freedom in traversal that is just previously unseen in other video games. And I think that adds a mechanic to a game where you just don't feel as free moving around in other video games. Um, you also have, uh, oh, what is it? What else is new? The, the web line. Oh, yeah, the web line. You've got the web line. You've got the web launch, which is awesome. Oh, you the, can the, literally the slingshot, yeah. fling your, yeah, the slingshot web. You can literally catapult yourself, which kind of pays homage to the very first uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie when he launched himself to, and to the save comics MJ. And, but yeah, oh, yeah, yeah I, rem- I remember that scene in particular. As soon as they showed off that mechanic, I was like, oh my God. And you can do it in the Raimi suit or the Raimi black suit. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Obviously, the first time I did it, I did it in the Raimi suit. You can't do it in any other way, any other fashion. Yeah. Uh, I'm so happy to see that most of the suits from this game returned. I hope they add the the, um, remaining ones that were in the last two games that didn't make it to this one. I hope they add those back in a DLC patch. I know that they had to rework the suits from the ground up to include the web wings. And also, if you'll notice, um, this game was able to have... uh, basically any suit in most of the cutscenes. I think it only yep. locks you into certain suits for the symbiote suit stuff and then for the end 
But uh, and Miles Morales did a good job with that too. But the first Spider-Man game kind of uh, avoided having shots of Peter, you know, with the mask off, un- unless he was in the uh, the Insomniac suit. But this game, uh, he'll take off the when he if you have like the the Spider-Man War suit from Spider-Verse, it looks so weird because he's got like like or any of the Spider-Verse suits to for that matter. It's so weird because. You know, he's got the the suit is all like animated looking, but like yep. his face is normal. And like and like Peter will actually take off the hat instead of the mask. It's 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 actually kind of cool. Well, I haven't seen that, but I'm definitely gonna have to check that out. When they add new game plus and stuff at the beginning of next year, I can't wait to go back through the game. Um I I went through the game so fast that I feel as though like I wasn't ready to just do immediate another playthrough immediately. And I've kind of missed it. I go back every now and then and just swing around New York, but I'm the type of player where if I don't have an objective, it gets very old very quickly. So, and plat- having platinum to the game, you know, it's just, I can't wait to get back to it. Me, I actually couldn't wait. And I actually, I actually did start playing through it again, um, but I'll go back through it again and do a game plus. It'll be really fun to be able to play that with the, um, you know, with the, the the in-game powers and everything, because Miles and, and Peter both become powerhouses. I mean, Miles starts developing this, like, evolved Venom, which is the, the blue Venom that we saw in the trailers that we were wondering about. You know, is that some kind of different power or what? Because we saw him using blue and yellow, and it is. It's an evolved version. I don't know if they fully explain it. Is it is it just because of emotion? It seems to happen whenever he thinks about Martin Lee in particular. Sort of, yeah. Um, his anger towards Martin Lee, which is kind of solved towards the end of the game, which is wonderful. It's um, a fantastic kind of fuels, character arc. Absolutely. And honestly, I like how they redeemed Martin Lee without doing predictable shitty trip tropes, you know, because usually video games fail to make it unique. But the way they did it with Martin Lee was very, very fantastic. Yeah, and and so and and it was really good because seeing Miles have to confront the the person that that caused him grief, that took his father's life in the first game, and overcome that was incredible, and it gave Miles as compelling a story as Peter did in a game that I didn't expect for that to happen. I expected that for for the focus to be on Peter. I knew it was a two Spider Man game, but I still felt like you know they're doing the symbiote stuff. But no, I mean this game focuses on that just as much. I think Miles sees what happens to Peter when he lets his anger consume him. And that actually convinces him to, you know, to, to let go. I mean, he had already been convinced before that, but I guess it's the other way around. I should say, you know, he, he overcomes that with Lee and he's able to teach Peter how some, something that Peter tried to teach him towards the beginning of the game. Uh, and it's where we see miles come into his own and where Peter can feel comfortable leaving him in charge you know, is because he was able to overcome that emotional journey. Mind you, not only does Martin Lee get redeemed, but Martin Lee creates the anti-Venom suit. Martin Lee and Miles dig into Peter's subconscious because there's a piece of the symbiote that's still inside of him. And and they're able to, they're not able to remove the symbiote's influence, but they're able to transform it into the anti-Venom symbiote. So Harry is Venom in this universe, uh, MJ is Scream, and and, and Peter is anti-Venom. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, like, I, I messaged you when it happened, but MJ is Scream, when they paid homage to, like, the old comics, I lost my mind because I thought that, I, I thought that, 
they weren't going to go that far into the lore. And what's funny is that MJ, or not MJ, Danielle is the one that pointed it out to me when it was happening. She's like, huh, a rare appearance of Scream. And I took a look and I was like, no fucking way. So it was it was just it's fun. And also getting to experience that game with, you know, my wife watching. It was a lot of fun. Hell you know? yeah. Did, did, did you play? <laughs> did you play through that part where they where they're bickering at each other while they're fighting with her? Because that's really funny. Oh, absolutely. She and I were talking about that, too. Like, that's we awesome. thought it was funny. Like, that's a very traumatic experience for Peter, not only having to beat the shit out of his girlfriend, but also having to hear her very real problems coming to light because of the symbiote. Right. And it's like the symbiote is influencing her and it's causing her to, to see the world a little bit differently. But those thoughts are real. Those are her dark, intrusive thoughts and, and that we all have. And I think it's an important lesson. It, it's good, too, because there's a moment where Peter scares the shit out of her you know, with the symbiote suit and stuff and becomes a different person, becomes a dickhead as he does when he puts on the black suit, right? And yeah. and I think it's good that she actually had to go through that same experience so that she could forgive him for that. And they could Absolutely. have that experience together and grow as a couple. It's actually phenomenal storytelling as far as... I, I mean, They did the one thing that sequels a lot of times try to to hang on when they have an established couple from the previous entry which is they usually try to break them up in order to create drama this game didn't do that and i respect it for that no it made them both grow as adults and to solve their shit by actually communicating about it. and they did it in a way that's not repetitive or gross exactly and and a lot of those grievances are are are, are, are you know issued out during that fight while you're fighting her and it's a difficult battle um <laughs> yeah <laughs> That shit is not easy, bro. And Peter doesn't have the symbiote suit at that point. So this is when he's got the symbiote suit off, but before he gets the anti-venom suit. Uh, mind you, Peter's spider arms, I think, are his equivalent of Miles's venom powers and seem to work well. But then Miles gets this, like, evolved venom ability. Peter gets the symbiote suit, and I will say, while he's wearing the symbiote suit, it like at that, at that part of the game and, like, during the second act, he's a fucking powerhouse. Uh, he's just, he's just full of rage and, and he's just kicking ass and, and it's, and it's really, really, really good. Um, but then he loses it, you know, but then he gets the anti-venom suit and the anti-venom suit is cool. Cause somehow I guess it doesn't have, it, ha it doesn't have the, uh, weakness to sound and it actually is, uh, is, a uh, a weakness to, uh, symbiotes. Yeah. So uh, it does give Peter one edge in, in late game, which is that he's more effective against the symbiote enemies because of the anti-venom abilities. And he gets two extra abilities that Miles doesn't have. That is true. Plus, he's just fucking strong as hell. And it's that fucking white suit. I just, uh, one of the things I'm happy that Insomniac confirmed they're, they're introducing in the 2024 update, along with New Game Plus, is the ability to swap suit tendrils, at least post-game, like... Because it, I do feel silly. Like, I want to be able to put on, like, the classic black suit or the, the Raimi black suit, you know, and, actu and actually uh, have the black tendrils come out. But you can only do that during the second act of the game. So being able to switch those in the post-game would be perfect. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, honestly, they could add... They, there's so much stuff that they could add, but they're going to have to do it one piece at a time. And I one think the piece. first thing they need to add... The first thing they need to add is um, 
the new game plus. It just needs to happen. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I, I'm ready for it. Me too, man. Oh God. There's so much more. I feel like we could say about this, but I, I guess we should probably start wrapping things up here on, on Spider-Man two. Um, would love to get into this game in some form or fashion later. Maybe when new game plus lunches, we can try oh. to do like a let's play or something. There's one more thing I did want to hit before we hopped off the episode. What did you what did you think about the intro to this game and how it kind of introduced how the characters are doing and where they are? Not to mention like the most badass introductory fight with the Sandman that they could have done. Oh yeah. You know, I did talk about this a little bit in part 1, but I I definitely wanted to talk about it with you too cuz uh that intro was phenomenal. I, I really love the love the way that it opens up the game, uh, where it shows things like the classic Parker Luck. He's trying to land a job at Miles's school, a Brooklyn Visions Academy, and uh, you know it's his first day on the job as a teacher. He's been doing substitute teaching, and you know he uh, suddenly there's a Sandman crisis, and Miles can't handle it by himself. <laughs> I like I like when he comes I mean, out and he's like he's like uh, 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 I need help with I need to go to the bathroom right when he sees something's up and then he he comes back and he's like I need help <laughs> and everybody in the class starts laughing yeah but he has to ditch class and then there's an, an actual like citywide crisis so the school is abandoned and Peter's nowhere to be there and so it's just the yeah. Parker luck that he would be stuck protecting the city, losing his job and getting blamed for abandoning the students. Yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised that they fired him, honestly, but not knowing was, the circumstances. Yeah, it was, it was rough, but even so, I think that if he, they knew that he was Spider-Man, they wouldn't be able to allow him to be a teacher. I mean, you know, no, no teacher could, could, could be like, yeah, like in a moment of crisis, you have to go. Cause to be fair, he was in a way protecting them, but, they were left alone while he was dealing with that. And so it's like, you can't trust somebody in a teacher role, you know, to be Spider-Man and have to deal with the main event. Yeah. So absolutely. it probably wasn't a good fit, which sucks. Cause I really wanted to see more of Peter as a teacher, but they kind of, they kind of ditched that right away. And he just jumps into being a scientist and ends with as a scientist. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad that they kind of gave you a little taste of teacher Pete though. Like that was, it was cool. I knew he was going to get fired though. The second he left that class, I was like, yeah, he's getting fired. There's no way he's not getting fired. That scene of them, like putting, switching into the suits and jumping off the building with that song is so good. Oh yeah, absolutely. And also just the fight with Sandman is, even though it's incredibly cinematic, it's just, it's fantastic. And my favorite part of the whole thing is Pete or Miles getting just flung across New York. Yes. It, it is a, an excellent way to open the game with this massive boss battle. We get to fight with the Sandman who we, we do get a little bit more. We actually get backstory on the Sandman and we get uh, it, in, in his side quest chain, which is cool. You know, there's the little sand crystals everywhere and you piece together an actual sympathetic story. Uh, Mysterio has another side quest mission that's similar that, you know, like it, I, I think Mysterio's actually gone straight. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there are a couple of the Mysteriums that make you feel like he hasn't, but they do a really good job of telling that piece by piece as well. I really like how like the malfunction in the system kind of creates a more evil persona for uh, Quentin Beck. And I, I, I thought that uh, he was a little weird in this game, but I was, I was just happy that he was there. 
and they do a classic Mysterio bait and switch, but instead of it being him doing it, it's it's his uh, assistants or whatever they are uh, that manage to to uh, to frame him, which is interesting. Like Mysterio got Mysterioed. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I was I expected it, but it was it was still fun to play with and you know see that development as it continued. But the Mysteriums were honestly my least favorite part of the game. Um, I did get. Uh, the maximum reward on all of them. I had to. I had to sweat my nuts off to get it, but I did get it. I, I actually didn't. I haven't done that yet. And I have beat all the Taskmaster challenges in the first game, and I've gotten a gold on them. I can do those, like, easy now. The drone challenges included. But, uh, uh, you know what? I never did get gold on all the screwball challenges. The I, screwball challenges are tough, bro. I don't think I got all gold in all the, the hollow challenges in Miles Morales either. I think I got gold bro, in most of them. Those challenges are tough, bro. I don't blame you, honestly. Yeah, they are. Like it, shit's rough, bro. But uh, Mysterium, I feel like I could do it. Uh, I I don't feel like... In some ways, I feel like this game is a little bit easier than last game, but in, because of how many more abilities that you have. But in some ways, I do feel it was it was harder in some areas. Uh, I, I, I believe it was harder in overall combat, but it was easier in like the depths of the challenges. Like the hardest thing to me in the game was uh, like doing the Mysteriums and like not getting hit or doing like a certain amount of finishers in a specific amount of time. Like you had to do like six finishers. Oh yeah. In like a minute and a half. Yeah. Those were tough. That's where you have to kind of like build around your abilities actually. Like for mm-hmm. uh, the, the Evolved Venom at that point in the game, if you have all the evolved venom abilities or most of them, you might be inclined to use them. But for that challenge, it's better to stick with the regular venom because the regular venom is better at applying stun rather than killing enemies. So you, you can so you can actually pull the finishers off while you're building them up. And also because there's an ability that allows you to get an instant finisher on enemies hit with with regular venom stun. So, plus if you're in those. Uh, Mysteriums, and you hit them with a Mega Venom Blast, you and you have maximum. Um, and if you have maximum, oh gosh, focus bars, you automatically get three finishers that you can just use back to back to back. So it's it's not bad. Yeah, that challenge probably would have been easier if I if I approached it like in game or post game because. <laughs> Uh, I think there's I think there's at least a couple of them actually that require you to pull off the finishers. But yeah, I think I think the the Mega Venom Blast recharge ability would be super helpful for that one. It's like you said, that just breaks combat. <laughs> uh, oh, one hundred percent, dude. Symbiote Surge is powerful and it recharges your abilities more quickly, but it it doesn't recharge his focus bars, and, and that's it, see like I remember like my post-game setup in Spider-Man 1 was one that focused on building focus and, like, pulling off those those double finishers. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there wasn't anything like that in, in Miles Morales, and Peter doesn't really have any kind of build like that in this game. In fact, there's there's less of a build aspect to it. There's a couple options you can you'll, you might toggle back and forth in the suit tech, and then there's some skills you unlock, and then you might swap out some abilities for different situations or different Spider-Man, but that's it, really. Um, there really isn't as much of a of a build that the, the last couple games had, and that's not even a bad thing, necessarily. It, it, it's just... It's just different. It's a different type of strategy. Yeah. Yeah. 
if anything, there's more strategy involved because, like I said, you know, you can decide some missions, you know, are available to both Spider-Man, but you might have an easier time with Miles because of his his camouflage ability. So he'll be better at some of the stealth challenges, and I mean, mind you, the combat challenges if we're being real too. But, um, <laughs> or you know, the Sandman ones, uh, his Venom is is more uh, effective, uh, but the symbiote stuff, Peter's going to be a better fit for with the anti-venom abilities. Absolutely. Also that, Oh God, I, I, I keep on having to extend this because that final venom fight, bro. How, how do we not talk about the final boss fight? I, I mean, it was, I think all the boss fights in this game were incredible. I think they did a really good job of bringing back that classic boss fight feel. Um, and honestly, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they simply just included the health bars. But yeah. to be honest, I think it was just very well done altogether. And I, I, this game is a spectacle for just beautiful work. Venom with is. wings and shit. Both Spider-Man coming <laughs> yeah. at him in the air. And God, it, it was a tough, but, but, but fucking unbelievably fun boss fight. Um, one more How thing. many rounds was it? Like four or five rounds? Something like that. Because Peter fights him, and then Miles fights him for... Uh, uh, Peter fights him for a couple rounds, I think, and then Miles fights him for a couple rounds, and yeah, it's... it's. Well, I think after that, Intense, it's, all, it's all cinematic, but... Uh, yeah, you go you go toe-to-toe with him, that's for sure, and it's, it's a great time. And, and both Spider-Men have, have, have a, a moment. Um, <laughs> what did you think about... <laughs> I have to ask you, what did you think about the the evolved suit? But, uh, oh, Miles you mean is, Miles' suit? Miles it's ass, suit. bro. It's the worst <laughs> fucking costume I've ever seen in my life. Okay, but, so I don't hate it, actually. Uh, dude, it's awful. <laughs> it's I, the worst. I hate that it's a sponsored thing, and the Spider-Man explicitly stated in this game that they're against that. But <laughs> it's a, just an Adidas sponsor thing. But the suit itself, I mean, I, I, I don't hate. And, and I think there's the uh one of the the styles of it one of the colorations actually looks pretty dope the the one that's just kind of black and red i just don't like the fact that like you can see his hair like anybody <laughs> who knows miles knows that that's going to be him oh come on half of harlem knows that miles is spider-man <laughs> i mean you're you're not wrong you're not wrong at all but it's just you know somebody who knows miles but doesn't know that he's spider-man might pick up on it and the wrong people might find out but you know, I'm just being, I'm just being touchy. No, I know. It's his hair sticking out. It's, 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 it's kind of goofy. And there's, that's not it's even the such only. Such a dumb it's, fucking look, dude. It's not even the only suit that does that. Actually, one of the the original suits for this game also does that. Um, I'm sure that they'll be changing it up and having him in a different suit. I think it's interesting that Peter keeps the anti venom suit post game. I mean, why not? You know, it doesn't affect his mind, and he's powerful as fuck. Why wouldn't he keep it? Right, I, that'll be interesting if, if if that you know makes it a, a you know a, well it has to I mean if it, you know in some form or fashion Peter's going to be back I just you know it'll be a mostly Miles centered experience and I guess uh, the the we might have uh, a silk in there. My my guess is that the next game they're going to kill off Peter. Um, I thought Probably, they were going to yeah. do it in this game, and technically they did, but I think that he is kind of ready to retire. He's going to step back in and they're going to kill him. So I I hope not. That would be really sad, but it would also make sense. You know, I think that what they need to do with the next game is that they need to bring in more superheroes. 
because uh, they're doing the Wolverine game. So, like, set that up and then bring other superheroes. That, I mean, that's the only way to top this. You have one Spider-Man and then you have two Spider-Men. What are you going to do for the third game? Well, bring in the Avengers. <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, they don't have to be, like, fully playable in free roam or whatever because it is a Spider-Man-focused experience, not a crossover game. But it would be cool to have Wolverine come in, have Daredevil come in. I mean... There was, uh, I noticed uh, the Nelson and Murdoch sign was removed in this game. And at first, the developers were, like, Insomniac was kind of coy about it. I think it was Brian Intahar or someone was, was just acted kind of coy about it, like that was intentional. But then they added the Nelson and Murdoch plaque back, so. Yeah, because, I mean, it was like a little detail that shouldn't have been missed. Well, but they, they acted like it was intentional. Like there was a story, like reason why that was the case, but I guess it wasn't. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But you know what? I guess hopefully Insomniac makes a Daredevil game too, because that would be fire. Also, the and the you have whole, Charlie uh, Cox, the voice. Also, the fact that they use the Cuban flat flag instead of the the Puerto Rican one—that <laughs> oh, was a misstep. Also, I've heard that the Spanish dub is atrocious and is like not actual real Spanish, so. Wait, really? Now I got to go play the Spanish version, bro. <laughs> I've heard that it's like, you know, and and yeah, th this is from the same crowd that are calling the game woke, but they're not wrong about this. And I think even even people that 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 are quote unquote woke, you know, more progressive people like myself, you know, are kind of like this is kind of, you know, I don't even think uh, I think this is actually kind of uh this nothing nobody's asking for this basically. And it's like but it, it's it's having like not like gender neutral forms of words in the Spanish language, which just isn't a thing. Yeah, and it's like, just like I, you can't invent a new language. Like I I don't I I don't even blame Insomniac for that. That was probably something that was pushed on the corporate level by Sony, and it's atrocious. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Sony pushing atrocities. But I so. don't think the game is woke. I don't mind that you get to play as a deaf black girl and spray paint graffiti. That's cool as fuck. I'm down for it. Oh, I think that that I think that that part is dope. I think they make her a prominent enough character to where you should at least get a little bit of screen time with her. I mean, come on. And her and Miles are adorable. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, she is his love interest. Like, why not give her a little bit of time? Why not let us experience New York through her eyes a little bit or through her <laughs> lack of ears? Sorry. <laughs> uh, deaf people, if you're listening to this, oh, wait. Stop. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, hey. Oh, Ash, have you ever seen Stevie Wonder's wife? No. He hasn't either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, th this this game is, is fucking great. and or, or the fact that one of the side quest missions involves you uh, uh, bringing a, a, a letting a, a man, a boy from the high school ask his other, his boyfriend out to to the homecoming or prom. Yeah. Um, or was it homecoming? I don't remember. That side quest was just boring for other reasons. <laughs> Not the fact that... That it was side quest was boring because it didn't have any action. You're just literally helping a dude fuck another dude. That's it. <laughs> That's all you're doing. Yeah, yeah. The Miles Brooklyn Visions missions in general were kind of annoying. Because, like, I, I, I know I said earlier that, like, I appreciate the game when it kind of slows down. I mean, there's this other side quest where Peter just rides a bike. But you're playing as Peter. 
why have a, a a mission where you're playing as Miles as Spider Man, just doing like fetch quests and taking pictures? I don't know. It it it, it wasn't as fun, but I didn't hate it. It took like a few minutes of my time. I moved on from it. You know. <laughs> he said, "But I didn't hate it. It was just the fucking worst." <laughs> And there's not, you know, there's there, there, there are a lot of things that, like, a lot of criticisms I could make of the game, and I think that's why it didn't make Game of the Year. But overall, I still have this picture of the game as, like, this high-quality experience. And I guess we'll finally get into our final thoughts here. Right? Because I, I feel like this game, despite, you know, the occasional gripe or hiccup, the rest of it is done so damn well that you don't mind. It's just a phenomenal experience. And the fact that it's short is actually works to its advantage. It's a short but high quality experience throughout. And, Absolutely. And, you know, and, and I uh, honestly fell in love with this game every bit as much, if not more, than I did the previous two games. I think that this game took the beautiful aspects of the first game and just excelled upon and just just advanced them in the best ways possible sure we got a couple of little boring side quests and missions but i mean that's to be expected when you're working with a superhero game there's got to be some boring wholesome bullshit in there i mean the first game had it too and they actually made the mj missions better in this one oh dude the mj there's like what two in this game and they both slap so hard I think there's three total because there's the first one in Craven's compound, and then there's the second one whenever um, Peter's go uh, is the symbiote is taking, taking him up. for a ride. It's and, called Wake Up. Wake Up, yeah. And then there's the final one where it turns into pretty much a third person shooter as you're firing sonic blasts at the symbiotes. You know oh, what? Yeah. I was having fun with it. <laughs> that that was. The, I mean, all of the MJ missions were improved like just incredibly so it was just a great time but um i I just think that every aspect of this game from gameplay to traversal to combat to story everything is an improvement over the previous game 2018 stood out simply because it was just a different way to experience spider-man and sony did a it was a master class in video game design it just it truly was everybody it took everybody for an absolute ride and that was before the power of the playstation 5 giving us a you know 4k 60 fps or 120 fps experience like sony did the impossible and made or insomniac did the impossible and made the perfect spider-man game and this game just improves upon it. You know, of course there were some bugs at launch, but what game doesn't have bugs at launch aside from God of War because it's just sheer perfection? God of War had bugs. They just Yeah, I, I know. I'm just a God of War simp. <laughs> Not that many though. Dude, very, very few. Also, if you're listening to this and you've played Ragnarok, you need to go fucking play the Valhalla DLC. It is incredible. God, I can't wait to get into it. Uh, I need it's to so good. upgrade to the PS5 version of uh god of war and then i'll reinstall it and then i'm, I'm probably gonna do that tomorrow when i get paid honestly ash if you're gonna upgrade to the ps5 version of ragnarok i would just suggest going through the game again because it's it's a completely different experience it's, at the a, it's very a whole least, new ride at the very least i want to complete 100 percent uh yeah and probably and probably start a new playthrough and just kind of get a feel for some of it again i was about to say just do 100 percent but start from the beginning on PS, the PS5 version. Do that because you'll you'll enjoy it, bro. It's so good. Like it's it's a it's a ride. When I get time, man, it's 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 gonna be wild. Um, we do have a like lot. Oregano. 
<laughs> we have a lot coming up. Uh, we're this episode in and of itself is about a month late, but whatever. We're here. Um, we got it done. Uh, hopefully next week, I'm planning to go ahead and have out our episode on Oracle of Ages, which is oh, the yeah. beginning of our Zelda month content. Um, I am most of the way through the game now. I think I have, I have six essences. And um, Really? You haven't told me that? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll beat it within the next couple days or so, probably. It's not a very long game, and then mo- start moving on to seasons. Um, so we'll have Oracle of Ages, God willing, out next week. Oh, and, dude, we can record that, like, early next week. I've beaten that game probably 40, 50 times. That's the first video game I ever played, bro. Oracle of Ages. It's crazy. I think Megan, I Megan's going to be on, too, So, which will be good. I don't think we've had her on this season yet. So, um, yeah. And then Oracle of Seasons by the end of this month. Uh, our holiday special, your, recomm- your, your recommendation was the Grinch video game. So we'll be yeah. talking about that. I guess I'll be uh, setting up to emulate that soon. Absolutely, brother. And, uh, yeah, guys, it's going to be a hell of a time. Uh, we hope everybody has a happy holidays. Obviously, we'll we'll see you more before then. But um, it's December, guys. It's the month. I'm going back home uh, to uh, to Lake Hills. Going to spend some more time with my daughter and San Antonio. Spend some time with my friends. It's going to be a great time. I'm here. I'm there from now. I'm, I'm literally going on the bus tomorrow in the middle in the early morning and uh, i'll be there until the end of december until actually until new year's so um it's gonna be a great time we'll get to record some some stuff with bo and robert in person for collateral cinema and uh yeah i I hope everyone's enjoying their december zach i know it's gonna be fantastic being able to spend your first like holiday as a married couple absolutely dude she and i are going to her parents house and i could not be more excited bro i am so pumped to spend christmas with my new family and of course i love my parents very much and i'm going to miss them very much but this is a new experience you know i get to spend a holiday with my wife and ash also i'm just really thankful that you got to be a part of our big day and we got all our pictures back too so i'll bombard you with those later hell yeah Um, man but yeah dude we're super excited to spend the holiday season together i get to experience all of the joy and laughter of uh their christmas and uh, i get to hang out with two doggies that stress each other out can't wait and it's just gonna be a wonderful time and i hope everybody has i mean we'll talk to you guys again before you know christmas but if in some if for some reason you don't listen to oracle of ages have a merry christmas and a wonderful new year and fuck all of you i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) fuck it a brother um yeah i guess that's really all there is to say fuck all of you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no we love all of you guys but i'm out peace i'm just kidding well (laughs) uh (laughs) this has been collateral gaming Spider-Man 2, Part 2. Flag. We will see you later. I've been Ashley Chancellor. I've been, and will always be, Zachary Gio. I already said we're collateral gaming. I really didn't plan out this outro. Um, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Fuck, fuck you guys.
Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by their respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.